What you are about to hear is not an interview per se, but a conversation, a free flow of thoughts and reflections, a discussion about our present reality and what it may mean in the larger scheme of things. We're now looking in the rearview mirror of a presidential election here in the United States that has one contingent of society reeling, shaking their head in shock and dismay, protesting against what they believe will be a future steeped in hate and massive civil unrest, and yet another proudly claiming victory, reveling in the defeat of the insiders, and anxiously awaiting for the swamp to finally be drained. This is not about the fact that either side is wrong or right, but that both represent two extreme examples of how polarity has kept humankind's ability to evolve under lock and key for so long. But that might be changing, according to spiritual philosopher and intuition expert Penny Pierce. She feels that this in-your-face ugly may actually be a good thing and a means by which to confront that ugly in order to clear it. We begin this conversation by my reading a short post that Penny wrote the morning after the election was decided. Hear what she had to say. The subconscious of individuals in the country is opening and spewing denied fear. And that is a positive thing. For fear to be cleared, it must be seen. The candidates represented or symbolized much of this rising fear in its various disguises, and I feel that a majority of the country is still relatively in the dark, not wanting to deal with their own hatreds, rigid beliefs, and narcissism. Now, we haven't really defined what we're talking about. I think most people can figure it out by now, but uh, I think that everyone will know by now. Tell us what you meant by that. We're obviously yeah. talking about these election results and what happened. Well, I think I, I would like to look at the current events as symptoms of the underlying transformational changes that are going on with the energy acceleration on the planet, because mm-hmm. that is affecting us very deeply and causing our bodies to accelerate and our minds and our emotions to accelerate. And it's making things get jumpy and overly electrical and and the subconscious stuff I don't think can be stored and suppressed and denied anymore because there's nowhere for it to exist. It's, you know, no hiding place anymore. It's too high frequency for it to be invisible. So it's all coming up, you know, and whether that's in an individual's life as dramas and things that you thought you'd put behind you and here it is again, mm-hmm. um, or, or big scandals in the news or the the chaos of the way these candidates acted, you know, with each other. Um, it seems to me that it's being embodied a lot in current events now. So to me, it's a healthy thing because in order to have transformation, which truly means that the spiritual realm and the physical realm are merging. Mm-hmm. And that means also that the physical realm is becoming high enough frequency that we can start to feel and know the non-physical world, which is we're merging frequencies in a way. You know, It's like we're now at a high enough level that we can see and feel and understand a lot of what happens with energy, for instance, and consciousness, and how that you know, so-called invisible realm actually does function, and that it's real, you know, because now it's right here in our face. Uh, and that's very positive. But anything in the way of the direct translation of, you know, the clear spirit into form, you know, that is right now, I think, the main focus that it is trying to clear itself, really. 
you know, and then we mm -hmm. get at that and then we go, I'm going to clear my own fear. I'm going to get out of this contracted state because it's so uncomfortable. But other people who don't know really what's happening, when, they, when the energy starts accelerating, they feel like they're losing control. They feel like they might, at a deep level, maybe be annihilated, you know. So a lot of what we see acting out in, in the public eye are the, the polarity around that fear of annihilation, that fear of losing themselves, you know. And whether it's the, you know, liberals or the conservatives and fundamentalists or the, you know, progressives or whatever it is, to me, it's still two sides of the same issue. You know, once it's like fight or flight mm -hmm. troll methodologies to deal with fear. And if you fight, go into that mode, you confront, you dominate, you control, you, you know, try to get rid of your opponent. You know, it's like you've got to have it be the way you want it to be. And that's often narcissism. Yes. Right. Yeah. And if you, if you go into flight mode, you give up your power. You say, well, let somebody else deal with it. And you kind of leave your body and you can become more passive. Now, not all liberals are like that, but there is a feeling that on that side of the coin, there's more of a victim consciousness often, you know, like they're doing it to us. And, uh, you know, and so in some ways they are very parallel. Now, sure. what, what I think is happening is we're seeing a third point that eclipses that polarity that is people who are getting waking up and seeing a spiritual point of view which is not liberal or conservative it's kind of both you know the best parts of both without the fear mm -hmm. you know um, and I think that that's I don't know whether that'll become a third party or what's going to happen but that's I think an eventual thing that more and more people are going to move into that point of view um, well, I think that's an encouraging point of view. But, you know, going back to your point about the, the, the choice of fight or flight, it would seem to me that if there's any time that the two could coexist within one individual, it would be now. So we've got this sort of, again, this inner dichotomy. Uh, I know I use that word a lot, but that's what I see. Both the the, the vitriol and the, the, the narcissism and all of the ugly that, that's just spewing forth on the surface, I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to that are telling me about conversations they've had where it's just about domination over another based on this vastly different political ideology. But at the same time, a lot of these individuals are feeling helpless and feeling like they want to fly somewhere else, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, again, in my estimation, that dichotomy uh, at both of it, both of them at such a height, heightened um level of energy, perhaps that will force that, that third reality that mm -hmm. will not be a bifurcation of reality, but a, but a blending. Yes. Right. Yeah. I was thinking maybe that, mm. you know, just having the candidates be so dramatically polarized would be enough. But now I'm kind of seeing that it needs to act out in a larger format for the next four years or so, or however long it's going to be. Um, so that it can, so that it can be shown that it doesn't work, that the that the fear realities don't work anymore. They they're too slow. They you can't process information fast enough. We're going backwards on so many things that are, you know, high frequency. 
we're going to kind of retracting back into low frequency modalities and solutions, which yes. as the world keeps accelerating and young people are accelerating and they're coming up with new ideas, you know, that kind of very conservative and contracted consciousness that's going to be our government um, is going to be outmoded very quickly. And I've said for, for quite a few years that I think it'll shoot itself in the foot. It's going to, you know, fail of its own accord. And so I think that has to um, act out, do you know. And then other things rise through the cracks. Because I think that things, the old systems like hierarchies, they're going to fail because they're too linear. And we're moving into that new perception now, which is spherical, which everything's in the present moment. It's all inside you. There's no outside world. Um, you know, things are happening. Um, you think of it, put your attention on it, and it occurs. You know, it's fast. Um, you know, it's exciting. But that old, slow, step-by-step, -step, defensive way, that's it's just not going to be functional. Right. And yet we're seeing the, the, the heightened, you said, you said something again, very important, that it seems like we've taken several steps backward into that very dense, low level, extraordinarily polarized uh, uh, ter terrain. And I don't know, again, perhaps maybe we needed to be shown this mirror in order to, uh, to re reflect back to us what it is we need, what it is where it is we are and why it's not going to work. Um, it's a shame that it had to happen that way, but um, yeah. Yeah, but I think there's a great need for venting, and that's almost like what the, the election was about. It's like both sides really needed to get out their frustrations. And, and frustration is a, a key state right now because as energy accelerates and the systems are not fast enough to accommodate the new energy, it backs up like behind a dam, you know, water behind a dam. And it does feel incredibly frustrating. Mm -hmm. I'd say almost all my clients start off with saying, I feel stuck <laughs> right now. Yeah, you, know? you were saying that before. Are yeah. they more stuck now, you think? <laughs> same, same, same. You know, just yeah. um, wanting, knowing there's something to move that they want to move into that's coming and they want to be there. They want to get into it right now. Mm -hmm. They don't want to have to wait much longer. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that is, I mean, it's the same on the conservative side. They want something, too, that they want right now. They want to, they don't want this stalling. But, you know, it's when you start thinking about how do you equalize this out a bit, you know, it's, I've often thought, you know, that conservative thinking, which goes into the, the fight modality and control modality, it, the conservative fundamentalist people in this country are kind of the same as the Taliban and the, you know, ISIS people in other countries. You know, what's the difference? They're just doing the same thing at each other as a, as a conflict. Mm -hmm. I agree with but you. But they're not experiencing the fact that the ego is in control and trying to maintain control so that they, it's, it's narcissism, do you know? All, you know, I, and I take it farther and say it's psychopathy. <laughs> okay. I think that fits in too. <laughs> but I, I, what I understand about narcissism is that it's a kind of psychology that happens when people feel very isolated. And then they need to have their own sense of way of being be validated in order to feel safe in the world. So then that means everything outside has to agree with the way you think it is. Mm -hmm. And so the way they do that is, first of all, through charm. 
and winning people over by being so good looking or so excellent or so smart or whatever that they're very impressive. Mm -hmm. So then they get a lot of, of you know followers. Then after that, if, the, if people don't agree with what they want, they will get angry. And, and then if they still don't agree, they'll go ballistic and really get violent and attack. And if that doesn't work, then they just totally um, reject people and abandon them. Let's say they have no sense of compassion and love, that agreement equals love. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, and they have, it's a very hard pattern to get out of because it's like they've painted themselves into a corner of having to be right. And if things don't agree, then they, they'll feel like they'll have to die then. So they commit suicide a right. lot. Of so when you, as you're referring to they, Penny, are you speaking of those that are really sort of setting the societal precedent? For instance, these candidates, our governments, world governments, you know, those that are considered the template setters of reality. Mm -hmm. That's who you're talking about? And well, I'm talking about especially like... I think Trump is, is a very strong narcissist. I don't know if Hillary is as strong, but, um, but then you look at corporations and they are narcissistic and psychopathic, you know, in their own way of being. In the sure. World. Absolutely. You know, they're like entities themselves. Right. And so governments become that way. You know, it's just, it's a way of, it's a false way of feeling the self. Mm -hmm. Do you know? I think it's a step toward understanding that we are the soul. Mm -hmm. But it's a very baby step, you know, right. to, to have ego. Right. Well, yeah. you know, I want to I have to bring this up. And again, you know, there are so many different views, particularly in the alternative media about who is running the show here and, and what's the end game. Uh, I think it's unavoidable at this point because I think so many people are uh, have a sense that there is some sort of agenda uh, you know, call it a globalist agenda, call it the new world order, all these buzzwords that are sort of loosely thrown around now. But again, as we look at, you, you know, you're drawing this picture, this word picture of the them, that being, we'll call them the reality makers, if you will, the authorities, whether they be governments, corporations, it, virtually every institution, and then the us, the masses, those that watch, and in many cases, take, uh, take orders, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, through these various forms. And what we're finding is in these characteristics of narcissism and over overly stimulated ego and hatred and fear and, 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 that it's being uh, invariably rubbed off on the public. So the question becomes, those people that we'll call the reality makers, they know that. They probably also know, Penny, that there is an acceleration of energy, that there is a raising of frequency, and maybe they don't want to see it. And so all of this, uh, among other accomplishments they're trying to, to have, is trying to keep that energy low mm -hmm. in the masses. And if Absolutely. that's the case, they're doing a heck of a job. Right. <laughs> and, and it's all about the fear of losing what's familiar and safe and defined, which is what the left brain loves, right? The left brain loves all that definition and separation and that ego identity, Mm -hmm. Whereas the right brain, and as we move into the intuition age, we're moving into a kind of direct knowing where, you know, we're part of everything and it doesn't get separated out so much. And then you start to really get it that all people are, have souls in them. They are all really pretty much the same potential, 
whether they're you know in fear or not in fear is what c- causes the difference in self-expression. I think. Um, so so I guess I think that you know it's we're the conservative people are re- reacting to the fact that their security, their their way of making money, their way of knowing reality is threatened by the higher frequency and they're going to lose their you know common ground whereas the more uh, open-minded let's say or people who are more on a spiritual path are are worried that they're going to lose their freedoms Mm -hmm. by being forced to live at a lower frequency and in that way they're they're falling into the trap of thinking that something in the outside world can keep them from being who they are. Mm-hmm. And so part of what I see is what we need to do is not resist and fight totally, but to stand up for ourselves and to be ourselves and to be occupied inside of ourselves. It's like the Occupy movement, you know, whether that's symbolic of us occupying ourselves, um, you know, and then get together with each other who are also occupying themselves and create innovations that are coming out of clarity and not out of fear. Do you think that's, I'm sorry, go ahead. I think that's happening already. I see it. I see it. I see individuals connecting with other individuals of like mind and then those forming groups and then the groups connecting with each other, seeing a lot of spiritual kinds of groups and think tank kinds of groups connecting and having meetings already with each other. So that will just continue, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Have you seen now it's still only been uh, just over a week since the, the election result. Um, I don't know what you've been glimpsing in terms of those groups emerging and growing. But do you get a sense or have you even seen evidence that they become even more vigilant and in, in bonding together based on what's happened? I haven't seen the groups talk to them as groups. I've talked to individuals within the groups. And I think anybody who has some clarity kind of is talking the same way we're talking. Mm-hmm. That it's about, it's not about fighting and, you know, all that, but it is about um, clarity and sense of self and presence and centeredness. Mm-hmm. But also, there's another thought I've had is that um, liberals or have often been a little bit passive and let's, oh, let's love everyone, you know, <laughs> and that can be very passive in a way. Whereas now I'm starting to see them standing up for things, which is very interesting. It's not to fight, but it's to stand up for, you know, what the progress that's been made, you know, against ignorance. You know, mm-hmm. now probably the other side thinks that that, that side's ignorant, but, you know, it's, it's I think that the, the more passive side is becoming more active. Okay, that's an interesting thought. I'm I'm staying with everything you're saying, and this is certainly what I would like to to feel is occurring. And yet, I have to be honest and frank, Penny, that I'm really concerned that a uh, perhaps we won't see that, not maybe not in our lifetimes, or b we'll have to reach such an ugly tipping point to get on the other side of that. I, I have to admit, I'm feeling I'm feeling uh, not as optimistic as I maybe once felt or, you know, I'm, I'm deeply concerned, uh, mm-hmm. you know, will, will that intuition age truly manifest itself and be so ubiquitous that everybody will immerse themselves in it? Or will there perhaps be a splitting of consciousness 
And, you know, Dolores Cannon talked about, I believe, in her Convoluted Universe series, uh, literally, diff- you know, a, the planet splitting and those of, you know, again, I'm speaking sort of hierarchically, but those of lower consciousness, those of the left brain and those sort of marred and invested in that will be in one space and live mm-hmm. in one world. And those who are perceived as the opposite will live in another. Well, I've had that vision also, but that requires a bit more explanation. I think that in the shorter term, uh, I think there's going to be a retraction, like the slingshot has to be pulled back in order for it to be clear where it wants to go forward, you know, and so mistakes will be made, um, people will be abused or insulted, you know, I think, I said, I think in that piece that that I think that Donald Trump represents rebellion. I mean, he is a rabble rouser, and that's what he did and symbolized in his campaign was to just shake everybody up and and be mean and nasty to people and get people riled up. And so that's the vibration of a leader affects the organization that they're leading. Absolutely. You know? And yes. so uh, I feel like he's established the vibration of revolt in the country and it's going to it's a tone you know that we're going to vibrate at for a while and who knows i mean already they're having demonstrations not violent but necessarily but you know to people are standing up and and now when rights and freedoms get taken away from certain groups like what happens if roe v wade gets you know reversed you know what are women going to do about their bodies you know and so I think that we're going to see a lot of rebellion, mm-hmm. I and think it, could, yeah. it could get violent. I think we already are seeing it, and, and you know, just because we're not seeing it paraded in front of our faces on the news, again, I'm hearing anecdotes of this revolt and violence, physical violence, you know, verbal abuse. Uh, that again, through anecdotes of people that I'm talking to, that's really quite surprising. I'm, I'm fortunate in that I haven't had any confrontations like that. And again, I, I don't wish to enter into that mm-hmm. this or that type of conversation, because that's not how I see this at all. But mm-hmm. uh, this is a very real thing. Well, you know, one thing, and this is not by any means meant to be a political conversation. And yet, uh, it, it must have a bit of a political tone, I'd like it to have more of, more of a metaphysical tone. But you know, you talk about all of the, the, this symbol of revolt that Trump sustained during his campaign. And then there's the day after, and I don't, I'm sure you've been watching the news like many of us, but what we're hearing and, and in some cases even seeing is this mm, somewhat of an about face, somewhat of a backing off. Right. So the question becomes, well, was this just, you know, um, a means, the campaign was that just a means by which to get those people riled up and then, uh, you know, when it actually happened and he got that first intelligence briefing, they say that, you know, it was just a fright. I've heard that with just about every president, you know, they yeah. get that first briefing. They're like, uh oh, <laughs> this is <laughs> right. not what I thought. That's and we right. don't know. We don't know. We can only speculate. But again, several of the promises that he made, none of which that I, I was particularly interested in, but the, still this shift immediately, you know, so, you know, what's really going to happen here? You know, well, his it, own followers may be the rebellion, rebellious ones, <laughs> then, you know, who knows um, what he'll, you know, and it's, this is a person as a narcissist, who's been in charge of his own empire, you know, and now he can't really do that anymore. So how is he going to 
feel and how's he going to function. Mm. That'll be interesting to watch. Right. Uh, you know, when when uh, the ego doesn't get its own way, it goes into all kinds of acting out. Mm-hmm. All kinds of acting out. Right. If you watch any any little kid, you know, th- there's a certain like repertoire that the ego has of ways to get its way. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll see all that acted out. Let's and see. also, I mean, he's a person who started, almost started reality TV, you know, and by being abrasive and dramatic and, you know, getting getting everybody to go, are you kidding me? You know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he True. could say that, he could do that. Yeah. I call him an archetype. And, you know, listen, for, for the audience who may be thinking we're definitely leaning too far to one side in terms of, you know, calling out somebody and not the other. And, you, you know, you and I were talking offline, and I'm going to say, to be honest, I was not impressed with either <laughs> either candidate. And I'll be frank, I'm not necessarily impressed with the structure of government as it is and has it, as mm-hmm. it's been for so long. So make no mistake about it. You know, there's an article I was reading that I, I just mentioned to you. Maybe I'll post it uh, along with this interview that talked about the wolf, wolf in sheep's clothing versus the wolf in wolf's clothing. And I'm sure you can imagine who... which is allocated to which, you know, uh, I don't think this was about in terms of the consensus. I love one versus the other. Once again, Mm -hmm. we're stuck with the lesser of two evils. And yet for me, I saw the same fundamental principles happening with her, but just articulated differently to be, Mm -hmm. to be frank, his was Mm -hmm. more in your face. The the wolf is right in front of you. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe that, again, to your point of what this represents sort of metaphorically and metaphysically is needed in your face so it can be that mirror to reflect back what we're trying to to bring up and purge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I agree. I I think, again, we're looking for that third point that eclipses the two polarities, you know, so that you can see how the two parts are actually part of something greater. You know, that there's something beyond. Um, you know, when I, I wrote a, an, an essay called um, Intuition and Politics, Seeing Through the Smokescreen of Spin. I know, because and, you put it on our site. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay, great. So, <laughs> I'm going to um, link that too. <laughs> um, but part of that is that I l- went back and I looked at what the original values of Democrats and Republicans were. And they were all good stuff. But the, what amazed me was that it was separated, you know. And I think now, I believe in a lot of it altogether. I agree with both, all of it, mm-hmm. but on the positive side of it, you know, that there's a balance that we can have. You don't have to have oppositions split apart anymore. You can reunite them and then find out what, how they express themselves positively and not against each other, but win, 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 you know. And I have a feeling that's what the new thinkers of the new perception <laughs> are going to do. They're going to put together things that were separated, find the new integration, and then out of that integration comes a new reality. And a new reality has to do with a new way of the thing that things work. You know, it's like new rules of functioning for the reality. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. and I think that'll come gradually. Just there are a lot of good thinkers out there. Yes. A lot of you know, and there a are. lot. Of innovative people now and young people are coming into it now and they've got fresh takes on all of this and much more sense of communion with each other with the group mind you know so that it's not so much ego with them you know and so i really think that the influence of of the younger generations is going to be very very helpful here 
you know. If they don't get taken over by technology. I'm sorry. I know I'm sounding like the Grim Reaper today. But again, (laughs) there's just, there are so many uh, elements, it seems, in our modern world that are, for whatever reason, Penny are designed to, they're seeing whatever it is or they are, are seeing all of the beautiful things that you're talking about. And there's a force that just doesn't want to see it come to fruition. I agree with you. You know, I I just finished doing really a series of interviews with Mary Rodwell, who is uh, about to publish the book, um, The New Human, Awakening Mm -hmm. to Our our Cosmic Heritage, in which she talks about the new children, this new generation that you're speaking of, that are Mm -hmm. coming here with extraordinary uh, psychic and intuitive abilities, telepathic abilities, Mm -hmm. um, not to mention intellectual uh, abilities beyond anything we can imagine. And Mm -hmm. so, again, I, I, I agree, they're here. But there, there is a war <laughs> that's simultaneously existing to squelch and in some cases even steal. Uh, we talked about this. We went there. Some of these kids are even talking about how they've been confiscated. And mm. um, it, it's kind of ugly, but it's something that we also have to look at and be aware of that we've got to stand by that contingent that you're talking about. We've got to stand by them because they're getting harassed. Mm-hmm. Um, something is trying to prevent this burgeoning of all of these beautiful things from happening. Mm-hmm. I've got to just I go think, there. Oh, part of, part of what helps with that is that they s- stick together as a kind of, uh, you know, core group. That they don't go off so much as we did in our generation individually. And, uh, you know, they, they stay connected. And that power of the group, I think, is very important for their survival and for the survival of the new ideas. But honestly, I think that the acceleration of the energy on the planet is going to do a lot of the work. Okay. That's encouraging. There's going to be failures of old systems. There's going to be people who are espousing old ideas that finally people are going to look at them and say, what are you saying? You sound like a dinosaur. You know, (laughs) like they're just going to like, you are so boring. And it's not going to be right or wrong. It's going to be boring. Right. It's going to be dysfunctional. Just because it doesn't work, it's going to be factual, right? Not emotional. And Agreed. then Agreed. Imme- immediately at the same time as those are kind of falling apart and not working, new things are going to be suddenly coming and flooding through the internet and all over the world that are working. But there's a new way of thinking that causes those things to emerge. Mm-hmm. And that's the new perception I've been writing about mm-hmm. this spe- spherical <laughs> and holographic perception mm-hmm. versus linear mm-hmm. you know and that's what we're shifting into i agree with you i do i and again i apologize to the audience i'm usually a little bit more optimistic you know but again oh, hey, I'm, but, we, no, I, this is good devil's advocate stuff we need yeah to we've got it yeah i i think i do think now more than ever penny it's so important to certainly not mar yourself in the negative and for that matter not isolate yourself from it. This is really about balance. The the Mm -hmm. only way you're going to see how bright the light can be is to see how dark the dark has been and is getting Mm -hmm. in order to to bring perspective to it. So I agree with everything you're saying. I do feel many people feel that we are right smack in the middle of this, you know, that buzzword shift. Mm -hmm. Uh, I still feel that to be the case. But there is an arc of of that process. And who knows, maybe Maybe what's just happened here is will be the trigger to put us right smack in, on that that precipice. Well, Maybe. one of the things I've noticed um, <laughs> is that it's it's sort of like there are people who haven't really acknowledged the spiritual realm and the energy and consciousness world 
Um, and so they're still living in the kind of horizontal physical plane, mm-hmm. you know, and every solution has to be a physical solution that has a mechanical process, you know, and, and I'm seeing that with, you know, futurists and, and thinkers, you know, like this singularity university where they're all these people who are inventing nanobots in your brain and, you know, things that are like really futuristic, but they're all still very physical technologically mm-hmm. oriented it almost sounds like atlantean scientists you know well you know that's a big this, subject we're yeah, talking I know, but, yeah you know. <laughs> but then the other piece of this is see so that's limited into a very a smaller dimensional view of reality mm-hmm. and as the new people come in with the spiritual realm merging with the physical now you get the idea of the soul of compassion of heart of you know humanity and the the effects of um, you know on human beings s- s- evolution, psychic evolution, spiritual emotional evolution, mm-hmm. not just physical evolution, you know. And I think that there's going to be a kind of a wake up call for those kind of scientists and and electronic you know technology developers to start to open up into this higher, more dimensional realm. You know. I hope so. Did you, I don't know if you read The Circle. Did you ever read that with Dave Eggers' book? No, I haven't, actually. And it, it's really about a company like, you know, Google or something that, that starts to go for total transparency. And it's all about um, no privacy and, you know, revealing everything about yourself, you know, so that you can have this. And it's like, whoo, you know. <laughs> It's not considering the human in in the picture. That's what's happening now. When was that book written? <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know. Some years ago. Well, yeah. I think that's exactly where we are right now. You know, but uh, I, I love your outlook. I, I like to think that who knows what will happen, what epiphany may occur within those who are of the what we call the transhumanist movement or AI. I know, and as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I just uh, was interviewed uh, by a lovely team who's, who's, uh, who's uh, doing a documentary on just that and uh, that being a very, very dangerous prospect that by all uh, intent and purposes seem to be going forward. Um, but uh, I, mm-hmm. I love your outlook, Penny, and that perhaps the biggest proponents of this transhumanist agenda and AI sort of merging AI with the human and then eventually taking it over, we'll have an epiphany and say, no, there's something even bigger going on. Let's toss that. The spiritual mm-hmm. world is, it's, it's what we are, first of all. So I would love to yeah. think so. I'd love to think that well, would happen. Well, I think I, that our own <laughs> innate abilities are going to always surpass technology. Oh, sure. But do no. they know that? Well, they don't yet, but, you know, <laughs> But I think maybe some of these new new kids that are coming in are already just using that. You know, telepathy is going to be the first thing to really happen a lot. Telepathy, clairvoyance, you know, sensing energy, sensing events in energy through through frequency and through waves of energy. We're going to pick up, I've been calling it energy information. It's mm-hmm. like pre-verbal data, you know. and um, And that's right brain, you know, that's body oriented. And it's, you're immersed in it in order to receive it. You can't be outside of it and look at it. You have to become it and, and feel into it, you know. Feel into and it. then, yeah, and it's a different way of receiving. 
Yeah. And some people really have no idea how that works. You know, it's like, what? <laughs> how do you feel information? Yeah. Well, because they're using, it's or an intellectual, it's an intellectual, or they're intellectualizing that process. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like in the Matrix movies, you can't be told what the Matrix is. You just, I right. forget what the, the other part of that sentence is, but you've got to be it. You've got to, you've got to just, you've got to be it. You've got yeah. to illustrate it for and within yourself. So, yes. yeah. Yes. Yeah, and then, you know, but it's like then the left brain consciousness doesn't go away. It's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's going to be the implementer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what makes it all conscious for us and, and, you know, meaningful. It's just like the reptile brain didn't go away when we evolved from dinosaurs into mammals, you know, and then ma- the midbrain didn't go away when we developed, you know, the neocortex. Mm-hmm. It's there as a kind of consciousness that we use still. Mm-hmm. You know, you just brought up something that um, you reminded me that I'd like to to talk about, uh, of course, um, relative to what we're talking about here in terms of bringing up that the fear, the hatred, the trauma um, that that maybe that the characters that we're seeing are bringing up to us now to to be able to purge it. And that's cellular memory, cellular Mm. memory and and trauma. Again, <clears throat> going back to what may actually be happening here and could what is happening here actually be a good thing, a good opportunity. You're mentioning the brain triggered my remembering to ask you. Uh, again, there's a school of thought that says that memories are not just stored in any part of the brain. Uh, perhaps mm-hmm. some are, but certainly not all, but rather within every cell of a living system. Mm-hmm. I've often wondered whether that is what, when people perceive auras, are they perhaps perceiving some of those energy imprints that are emerging from the cellular structure? Mm-hmm. And so, and, and, and to me, that's a, that's a very exotic idea, but it's a very powerful one because it says mm-hmm. that you can't escape the memory. You are made up of it. That's and right. so <laughs> you can, it's not just in your head. It's literally uh, all of you. Yeah. And so um, again, thinking about it in terms of this trauma, this collective trauma that perhaps we have all been participating in, uh, and in some cases, collective psych- psychopathy. I just did a show with a man named Paul Levy on what is called Wetiko, a Native American term that means literally a collective psychosis or sickness mm-hmm. of the mind that he mm-hmm. contends is very real, but is being kept alive by and through us. Yeah. And so to, to I kind of took the long route there. But uh, what I I'm asking is, because what we're seeing now in terms of the fear, the hatred, the, the just the, 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 the ugly, that is so raw and in your face, is that the cells trying to regenerate per again, push out that memory, that trauma, in order for the cells to renew? Yes. Really interesting question. I think that, yes, when a trauma occurs, there is a kind of an an inhale or a contraction of the entire system. And, And especially if the trauma occurs in a particular part of the body, then those cells hold that trauma probably even more intensely. It's a it's a you know collective memory there, but also tr- those that trauma doesn't just land in the cells; it actually goes into the energy body that's underneath the cells. You know, so you know when you die, if you haven't cleared the trauma, that goes on with you back into the non physical world, and you don't. Oh, I think I lost you. 
of the previous trauma marks, you know, where they had a scar, you know, they got killed by a sword and they've got a birthmark there or something. Um, like I, I had found out it, that I died of tuberculosis in my last life as a woman and it came in in this life with lung problems and pneumonia at age two, really bad lung problems for about 13 years and then it healed and went away. Hmm. So often you will, yes, the energy body will reform the new physical body and there will be some remnant of the old contractions left there which come in as potentials for illness or um, handicap or you know muscle atrophy or whatever you know physical thing it's going to be like um, and i think you can clear it by clearing the fear and the the experience of the trauma by understanding the trauma and then replacing that contracted energy with your own diamond light which is so pure and so open and just permissive, you know, and transmission oriented, um, that when you give your body the idea that there's diamond light filling up the cells, then the cells go, ah, you know, and they kind of relax. And, um, you know, I think that emotional trauma heals just the same way that a cut will heal on your body. Mm -hmm. You know, the body wants to heal. It wants to go back into its harmonious functioning. And so, you know, we're, what, what's the word? We have a predilection for healing. Do you know? Sure, absolutely. So, yeah, I think the brain is not just the only place where things are stored. You know, the whole body stores memory. Mm -hmm. And again, Pat it's patterns. Right. Yeah. And that energy body, very well said, very mm -hmm. well said. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen in the near term? In the near term, I have a feeling it's going to be just one shocking piece of news after another. Which well, and, and there's also going to be the other side, which is innovations and people having breakthroughs in medicine. and Because uh, other people are just going to keep on working as much as they can to further innovation and progress, mm -hmm. you know, in spite of what that small group in the world really wants to have happen. I think there's a growing number of people who are, I guess, progressive. I don't mean it in the political sense, but who really want, you know, evolution <laughs> to come. And they like change. Mm -hmm. They're ready for it. They want to instigate it. Um, and and change, not just change, but real transformation, which is out of the information age into the intuition age out of the left brain, into the right brain, into the body, into the field consciousness, you know, out of the linear into the spherical. And then the holographic is that idea that, you know, what, what each self feels is the whole thing. What each person feels is what everyone feels. You know, it's like every point is every other point. And you can move into any point and know the whole. And each point is a kind of self, if you want to call it that. It's a kind of consciousness. It's a kind of frequency. Mm -hmm. So you can move your attention at at will mm -hmm. into any any focus that you want, you know, and feel it patterning itself around you. Change your frequency, and your reality will shift to match it. And that's our going to be our play thing, you know. That's what we're going to do for entertainment in the future. <laughs> is change our realities. Mm -hmm. But I want everyone to hear loud and clear. We can do that right now. We Absolutely. can do, you have been talking about this. You are just so consistent, Penny. 
And, and, and I appreciate that because it's, it, and I think every time we get to this part of the conversation, I say to you, or I ask you, is this something that is going to be happen, happening, maybe with more prevalence, or has it always been that way? We, and you don't have to answer because I think I hear what you're saying that, yes, it's, it is here now, but perhaps you're talking about um, a reality in which it is more of a, we're changing that that collective dream from trauma to, uh, you, well, more of a utopian perspective or more mm-hmm. of a fluid and creative perspective. Mm-hmm. But people are doing that now. These new children are they doing are. that now. They're putting their attention on something and literally changing their own physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Amazing things are happening. Amazing things. And I think that's just going to accelerate. As yeah. the people get together and share ideas, then that'll maximize the ability for it to materialize. You know, working with the group mind where there's so much agreement about an idea, that makes it say, well, of course, let's, you know, have that one. Let's do that. Mm. <laughs> you know? And it can then. What idea know? would you share with our audience? Let's say someone is all amped up and they want to shift their attention right now and shift their reality and I know that's that's a loaded question but is there um, some something that you might suggest to someone who's sitting here listening to us saying I want to try that right now I want to experiment what might one do well I think there are a couple things one is start to notice what how your left brain communicates and it always is kind of a self-talk that's negative usually it's limiting. It's it talks about what I don't do or I can't do or I never do or uh, how reality can't be, mm-hmm. you know, it, because it doesn't want you to change and rock the boat and be unstable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's protective. Um, and when you hear yourself talking that way or going, yes, but or should, you know, that's a left brain word. Notice that and maybe write down the negative declarative statement and and then write the opposite of it, like. Oh, I never do public speaking. I'm too shy. Now, maybe you write down, I'm interested in doing public speaking. I'd like to see what would happen to my energy if I played with that. Okay, now the energy can flow in that direction. You're not blocking it anymore. And it becomes something interesting to you that you could be motivated for. Mm -hmm. Immediately, that reality opens up for you if you imagine it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and your reality can change like that. Yeah, I've seen just it by doing that. Well, l- let me ask you this. That's a great exercise in uh, taking the example of public speaking, because I know there are a lot of people that are, in fact, mortified of talking <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> in front of people. Um, that seems to be sort of a primal trauma that many mm. of us share. And and so you're saying, let's say someone, right, they're constantly thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm afraid of public speaking. And then they shift that by saying, gee, I thought, it, I wonder what it would be like to do that. That would be an interesting um, yes. new opportunity to try. Or let, tell me what you think of this. What if they were to talk as if, oh, wow, that was a wonderful speech that I just gave. I actually enjoy this as if it's already happened. Because I know sure, that there's that's a camp. Fine too. Okay. I just wanted to what get you're your trying to that. do is get your body to have the actual experience in your imagination of enjoying it, of having fluidity in the expression of that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, or whether it's going down a zip line or uh, go, rappelling off a cliff, you know, <laughs> you know, like okay. saying, yeah, that could be really fun. Somebody will show me. I'll figure out how to do it. Right. You know, and and then see the negative statement stops the flow of energy toward it. 
the positive statement allows the flow. Mm-hmm. And then if you really, the, the possible motivation can then use that idea. You know. Now, the other thing that I think is important is to understand what your home frequency is. And I just use that term to distinguish this kind of constant vibration that, that we have of the soul in the, in the body, in the personality, rather than the left brain dominating everything. It's like when your own soul and your own compassion, your own wisdom, your own talent is motivating everything and it's in charge. You have a feeling like a child playing or like the light in a baby's eyes or you feel good about yourself. You feel full of yourself, you know, and like you want to play, you want to express and you don't care if people judge you. You're just having a good time. And so everybody has a different way of sort of finding that preferred state for themselves. You know, mine is sort of cheerfulness. If I can get out of a bad mood by starting to feel cheerful about something, then I can slide back into it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so, but everybody has their own unique way. Absolutely. But when you get there, it's like then you recognize the soul in other people and you find, oh, everybody's on my wavelength now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now when you stay in that home frequency state, instead of indulging in wallowing or, you know, getting upset and adrenaline addiction, um, then you get clear ideas. You get um, possible things popping up in your mind that are like, Oh, I could do this next. Right. You know, this could be a project that I could do. And then your motivation is flowing towards something that is not only good for you, but for everyone else. Uh-huh. Isn't because that... where did you get the idea? You got it from the collective consciousness. Right. Absolutely. You know, yeah. it's you and everyone yeah. are giving you the idea to give back to everyone. I think that's a fantastic um concept or idea, theory, whatever we want to call it. And I've always really embraced that. Again, getting back to our being uh, hardwired, if you will, forgive the the technological term, (laughs) to, we're trying to get rid of that. Uh, But to that field, that field of infinite everything, and that infinite choices are, are available to us once we understand what our language is that that bridges us between us and that um Mm -hmm. and yes i agree with you i've 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 experimented with certain things myself and you know um i think some people do have more of a propensity toward that idea than others unfortunately there's still so many people who are of the program uh, that have been indoctrinated into the pattern of its opposite that it's going to take some unraveling um, for them to 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 realize we are creative individuals. As much as I I'm, mm-hmm. I'm for uh, community and and groups uh, for for the the greater good, I think it's also important to recognize our individuality um, and and our unique way of tapping into that mm-hmm. field and and the creation. We're creative beings, so yeah. I think you but have I love to develop it. that first. You have to develop that first. Yes. Yeah, and it doesn't go away. It's like we start to get the full spectrum of the self. I am me and I am us, you know, and everything. And then, you know, you can expand your ball. Right. I love you know, when you bring up the ball. <laughs> yeah, the spherical reality. The ball, yeah. And, yeah. you know, inside your sphere, um, depending how, you know, like right now, you're inside my sphere and, and I'm in yours. And so are the listeners and so are, you know, everybody. Uh, and all the ideas are in there. You know, all the potential realities are in there. And what we put our attention on is what sort of comes out. Mm-hmm. You know? um, so hmm. 
Hmm. When everything's inside and there is no outside world, then there's a different functioning of things, right? It's safe. People know about each other then. It's like somewhere in me, I know about the way people are. Even though in my conscious mind, I may not, but deeply down, I do know about a lot of things because it's already part of me. Mm-hmm. It's a different way of thinking. And um, and then it makes like higher knowledge not so hard to obtain either because, oh, I already have it. It'll That's come right. forth when I need it. That's right. You know? And when I don't need it, I'll put it back on the shelf. You know, I was like... Um, but if you think of that there's an you're a finite little creature with a big outside world and you're real tiny then that thing can overwhelm you dominate you hurt you you know keep you from feeling yourself or mm-hmm. feeling the divine mm-hmm. because you gave it power right. by making it separate from you exactly exactly and you i know? think you you said it you hit the nail on the head I, and i think that's where unfortunately many are uh but uh again just to kind of wind it down perhaps this is what this archetype that we are calling this political landscape right now. I don't want to name his name too many more times, Uh, but that is the opportunity. Maybe we will be forced to say, wait a minute, there's something I'm not getting here. And you will wake up, have that epiphany and Mm -hmm. get in your sphere and make the reality that, that has always been within your reach, your real reality. Mm Mm-hmm. And on that note, Penny Pierce, wind it down because we're out of time. Thank and we could always just go on and on. And we will. I talk to you. And, yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit offline. Don't hang up just yet. We're gonna say a, we're gonna sign off. Um, and and again, I, as always, I thank you. I thank you for your always words of wisdom, injecting a bit of optimism in my sometimes. <laughs> mm, you know, I I kind of do the dips and curves. I'm I'm kind of a. <laughs> A blend of idealist and, and rationalist, I suppose. <laughs> but I yeah. always appreciate you always put a smile on my face. And I know you do with our audience that loves you so much. So Penny Pierce, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Real pleasure, really, to work with you. Always. Take care now. Though we may have started this discussion on a fairly sobering tone, we certainly managed to shift the frequency in the course of just one conversation to something far more positive and evolutionary. Just imagine what we all can do if we consciously shift our focus from one of polarity and ego to one of community and compassion. Imagine what we can collectively accomplish when we step into that kind of a reality. I loved what Penny had to say. She said in the long term, the acceleration of the energy on the planet is going to do a lot of the work. The old outmoded systems of polarity typically represented by fight or flight, oppressor or victim, just won't be welcomed on a planet that no longer lives in that frequency. Let's join that effort and make the shift, first internally, and then watch it come to fruition in the manifest world. After all, we are the creators. We are the consciousness. Let's all make it work together. And as Penny often says, put ourselves right smack in the middle of that sphere of possibility as we usher in the intuition age. I hope you enjoyed this somewhat different dialogue on Higher Journeys Radio. I know I did. As always, we appreciate you for tuning in. Until next time, I'm your host, Alexis Brooks.